Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and uh, that welcome that I just said was probably about as close to like the classic radio DJ voice then that uh, than I'll ever do. Uh, I was like, welcome. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> uh, we got a great episode for you guys today. Corey Reese, if you haven't heard of him, you should stop immediately, go to his blog, fastcory.com, uh, or check out his books. Uh, he has one out right now called Nowhere Near First, and he has another one coming out soon called Into the Furnace. It's all about the Badwater Ultra Marathon, which is a race, 135-mile race through Death Valley. We'll get into that today, but he's a ultra runner, athlete, father, uh, just a fantastic writer. Uh, his blog, I remember I've read his blog probably like four or five years ago. Um, I think Eric on the Ultra Runner podcast linked to it on his like daily news links. And I just remember there was this post he had about running this super long hunt. Maybe it was a hundred mile just run that he made up. It wasn't a race or anything like that. And it was in his hometown of of St. George, Utah, and he called it the Hostess Ultra Marathon, and he was basically saved a, a Hostess product for the end of it, and just that was his inspiration to do the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> so just his blog's really entertaining. He's really funny, um, but it's more importantly, it's something that I, he writes in a way that I feel like all of us can relate to because there are a lot of ultra running books, a lot of ultra runner blogs out there by elite athletes, which are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, you can draw a lot of inspiration and a lot of knowledge from learning from the elites. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, the elites are probably like 5% of everybody who competes in these. Uh, for the the rest of us, 95%. Uh, there's a different mentality. There's a different mentality as to why we race, how we race, you know, uh, how we feel and how we experience these big events. Uh, and I think Corey, out of everything I've read, he honestly does the absolute best job of capturing that the quote unquote regular, uh, like regular person's experience in, in an ultra marathon in an ultra endurance event uh someone who's signed up not trying to win but trying to prove something to themselves and and really trying to uh you know finish one of these events and experience it and why we do that and he does an excellent job so uh his book nowhere near first really uh kind of encapsulates a bunch of different stories he's had through his ultra running career and uh, I'm excited. He explains a little bit about his new book, Into the Furnace, which it, you can look up right now and you can pre-order on Kickstarter. Uh, I already pre-ordered mine. I'm pretty pumped. Uh, and it's exciting. He explains a little bit about what he writes about. And it's all about the Badwater 135, which is one of the first ultra marathons I ever heard of. It's it's always branded as one of the absolute hardest races in the whole entire world. It's 135 miles through Death Valley in July. Um, yeah, and what it takes to get through that. And he's like, he was really excited about all the interesting characters that come into play uh, when writing about that book. So 
check that out. It's called Into the Furnace. Um, oh, yeah. He ran 100 miles on a cruise ship. <laughs> That's why I reached out. Uh, he ran a 100 miler on the deck of a cruise ship on a family vacation uh, for fun. For fun, you know, like you do. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of one of the big topics we talk about on the podcast. And man, I got to tell you, it sounds absolutely horrible. I don't know how else to put it. The only like saving grace is the free, endless, bottomless ice cream machine on deck. But uh, But yeah, besides that, dude, it's like 16 laps equals one mile. So you do the math. I think that's 1,600 laps. If I did the math wrong, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, man, just around and around and around. It gets cold. It gets windy. It's crazy. Uh, so enjoy that part of the conversation. I know I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, housekeeping business. If you enjoy the show, uh, make sure you go to iTunes, subscribe, subscribe wherever. We have a lot of interesting guests coming up. Recently, we've fallen into the me getting a lot of ultra runners on kind of deal um which is great and it's mostly because selfishly i'm i'm running quite a bit lately getting ready for this race this summer uh this podcast though is is more so than that so feel free go back listen to all the amazing ultra runners we've had on here but we go into all sorts of adventure sports endurance mindset of athletes uh kind of stuff like that so there's a is a good place if this is your first episode check out number 80 uh i put together a clip show of episodes 1 through 40 that'll kind of give you a better idea of what what the podcast is so so yeah um and then last little bit of business here uh conveniently my internet went out right before we were about ready to interview Corey. so we had to kind of uh, figure out a different way to do it. So basically, I just gave him a phone call. Um, so the audio isn't necessarily up to par, up to like our normal quality. And it was completely 100% my fault, not Corey's at all. He was like super ready with like a mic and headphones. And I'm like, yes, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then there was like a huge delay because our internet, for whatever reason, has been struggling. So anyways... Um, I honestly, I've listened to uh, a lot of the, re-listened to a lot of the episode. It sounds fine. So I uh, just wanted to give you a heads up on that though. Uh, all right. After that bit of boring audio business, that's what they don't tell you with podcasts, man. You're like, you got to figure out how to do audio stuff and like how to upload it and all these fancy things and, you know, and, you know, we do our best. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Corey, thank you so much for being on the show. I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed it. You're an awesome dude. And I would be so honored to run with you uh, at some point if you're ever in the Denver area or if I'm ever in uh, your area. So anyways, man, uh, hope you guys enjoy uh, episode number 93 with Corey Reese. All right, this week I want to welcome Corey Reese to the podcast. Corey is an excellent writer, but more importantly, he's a guy that will participate in some just crazy and sometimes ridiculous adventures. <laughs> True. Yeah. 
So thanks for coming on, man. I guess the f- very first thing I have to ask you about is you just recently ran a hundred miler on a cruise ship. Yeah, I did. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was a. It was a unique adventure. So the the, the loop on the ship was. Um, it took sixteen loops to make a mile, and so. I I got to know that that little loop pretty pretty good after doing it sixteen hundred times. <laughs> Man, I I can't even begin to wrap my head around that because at my gym there's a like a sixteen you know sixteen loop track also for a mile, and I've done a hundred laps on it, and even that was so mind numbingly boring. I wanted yeah. to just like go cry in the corner by the end. <laughs> yep, I know that feeling. <laughs> how how long into the event did you have that feeling? Um, I, you know, I actually hit that point earlier than I wish I would have. I just got really, really bored, and I I don't know what it was. I mean. I, I figure just the repetition, but it seemed to me like every mile took so long. It, it just felt like, even though I was running like maybe 13 minute miles or whatever, it, it felt like they were 30 minute miles. It, it just just went so slowly for each mile. So it, it didn't take too long into the run where I was thinking, oh my gosh, what, what am I doing? This is crazy. Yeah. So when you came up with this idea, were you, I don't know, first of all, that, how did you come up with this insane idea? And then second of all, did you tell people you were going to do this or like announce it? Or was it kind of something you kind of kept close to the chest until you had already finished it? Good question. My wife and I planned this vacation with the family going on going on a cruise it was a seven-day cruise and um my wife and i were just talking about kind of what what we wanted to do on the cruise and, and the things that we wanted to do at the different stops and and we we kind of joked with each other i think it was my wife that actually brought it up and, and said you should run a hundred miler on the cruise and and i was like oh, gosh that's kind of a unique idea i've never heard of anyone doing that before and so we looked at the itinerary, and the first day of the cruise was a day at sea. And, and of course, you know, when you're on family vacation, you want to spend time with the family. But my kids are all teenagers, and so we figured that they'd probably just be off doing their own thing anyway. And so um, we had some friends that went on the cruise, too, that, that they had kids around my kids' age. And so they all just kind of hung out and played basketball and, you know, did did teenager things and um, my wife just hung out with our friends and, and they would come up every once in a while and so I, I I had plans to do it for a few months but I I was just kind of like debating whether or not to actually go through with it up until about a week before the cruise and I decided okay I'm, I'm feeling pretty good I'm pretty healthy and so I think I'll I'll give it a shot and so I put a little thing on Facebook maybe a, a week beforehand just saying, hey, I'm planning to do this. And I just I just put a post, like, what are some unique ideas 
Yeah, I loved some of the names as I was reading through your blog post today. Um, yeah, there were some good ones. I'm trying to find where it was, but yeah, of course, ship, you know, becoming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. thinking, I was like, it was like, get your ship together 100 or something. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> ship for brains 100. There we go. I just found it. Oh, my favorite, though, is my run will go on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, like, I guess as you approach your teenagers with this idea, what kind of reaction are you getting from them? Are you are they just at this point? Are they just like, all right, this is what dad does? Yeah, they're, they're pretty much at that point. I try to really, um, I don't want to make too big of a deal of my running stuff, and I don't want it to be... I, I kind of try to downplay it with my family, like, because I, I try to not have it be a burden on family stuff. And so, um, by this point, I've, I've done enough of them that they're just like, okay, dad, whatever, like, have, have fun on your run. And <laughs> so they, they weren't phased by it too much. Yeah. Yeah. So that's hilarious. So, I guess, can you kind of describe the ship for everybody? Because, you know, I'm looking at pictures. You First of all, you write this fantastic blog at fastcory.com, so you guys should totally go there and check out his pictures. But can you kind of describe, like, the area you're running in on this cruise ship? Yeah, the, the running track was toward the back of the boat, and it was, it was rough because it overlooked a few pools and hot tubs. So I could see the, the smart people down below just relaxing and enjoying their cruise, you know, sitting there reading or drinking something, just relaxing. And it, it looks pretty nice. And, and then there I am just going around loop after loop. <laughs> so the, the track was at the back of the boat and it was, there was a, like a miniature golf thing. I, I wouldn't say it's a course. There were a few miniature golf holes in the middle of the running track and um, it was right next to the basketball courts, and so I'd see the same people just circling over and over again. And um, I guess one of the challenges is there there wasn't really any there weren't any drinking fountains or anything anywhere near there, and so I, I had to hope that my family would bring some water or food every once in a while. And and I had some water bottles that I stashed in this little area back behind it wouldn't be a burden to anyone but the other thing is that there wasn't a bathroom anywhere near the track either so um, when I had to stop and go to the bathroom I'd have to go through this through these doors through a hallway go down some stairs and then go to the bathroom there so it, it took a little time to go to the bathroom <laughs> which was a little bit of an in- inconvenience yeah especially when when yeah, especially when you're just kind of thinking to yourself, like, why can't I just go off the side of this cruise ship right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't dare do that. <laughs> yeah, did did anyone, like, was there onlookers or anyone at the pool, you know, I got to imagine go, if I was on a cruise, going out to the pool at like 10 in the morning you know, doing whatever you're doing, going back, taking a nap, and then coming back out at night and be like, that guy's still going around the track. Yeah. I could see people kind of, like, 
like watching me and 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 like the, the, they would point up toward my direction or, or seeing it looked like they were talking about me and and so I'm sure that they thought this this guy is a crazy lunatic and um, every once in a while people would come up you know to play miniature golf or basketball or something and yeah. they'd make a comment you know they'd be out playing basketball for an hour and see me still running after they were done so a few people asked how far I was planning to run and and they they were like wow you're really planning to go 100 miles but most people there, there were only a few that asked I, I'm sure that there were people who thought what is this guy doing but not really too many like people standing there watching for too long yeah yeah I'm sure what were their faces like when you said I'm running 100 miles Cannot compute. Why, why, are, <laughs> yeah, why are you doing this? Like, you, you're on vacation, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm. I'm just. I'm just not the kind of person that sits down and relaxes, and I'm not. I'm not good at just hanging out. Like, even at home, I. I don't watch very many movies because I don't like to just sit there for a couple hours. I. I like to be moving and stuff. Even if I, even if I wasn't running a hundred miler, I I wouldn't have been just sitting by the pool all day. Cause yeah. That's just not really my style. I I like to be out doing stuff, and so some people would say running a hundred miles while on vacation is really really dumb, and I I can definitely see where they're coming from. But for me, I I figure I like running, so I I didn't mind. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, so I, as I was reading your kind of like, I don't know, you don't call it a race report, but I guess <laughs> your event report, um, you, you talk about a couple like positives about running on a cruise ship, but then you also talk about some, some things that came up that made it more difficult than kind of like, besides just the mind numbing boringness of a really short track. Um, do you, can you kind of like get into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think that the, the challenge of doing something like a, a short loop course like that is just trying to stay mentally focused. And I, I definitely had my times where I, I struggled with that. Um, so I, I would listen to podcasts or, um, music um, one of the one of the big challenges that I had was um, I, I didn't really anticipate this, but in the middle of the night, I had a guy come up with a big hose and, and he was <laughs> ready to clean the track. And so I, I was like, he, he just kind of stood there waiting with the hose, and I, I did a few loops and, and I stopped and I said, "Do I do I need to leave? Or are you are you going to be cleaning up here?" And he said, "Yeah, I, I'm going to be cleaning." But you can come back in an hour, and so I—I uh, I didn't know what to do. I—I I, I didn't want to really stop for an hour because I just wanted to get the run over with. So I thought about maybe just going down to the fitness center and running on a treadmill for an hour while he cleaned, and then go back up to the track. But then I—I I found out that the fitness center was closed, so I just went and found a long hallway 
um, <laughs> where the rooms were, and I just ran up and down that for an hour to get get a few miles in while he was cleaning. That's hilarious. So that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So that's worse. Besides, you know, going around a short track is bad enough, but going up and down a hallway for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was bad. Dang, man. That, that's a situation where I was really thankful that it was 3.30 in the morning and that everyone was asleep because I would have felt kind of dumb <laughs> if people saw me running up and down the halls. That, that feels like an excessive amount of, <laughs> well, man, uh, honestly, like as I read through your blog and uh, check out your books, part of the thing that I feel like you capture so well in your writing is the absurdity. I mean, just running a hundred miler in general or any ultra marathon in general to the general public is an absurd feat. Uh, and I just love yeah. you capture it so well with your humor and you're just kind of like, the, like it's just funny sometimes you just describe a situation just like you just did like i was at 3 30 in the morning running up and down a hallway and it's perfectly maybe not normal isn't the best word but like ultra runners get that they would understand that but it just seems so bizarre to the to everyone else you know oh yeah for sure i think the the average person when they when they hear about some of the stuff that ultramarathon runners do, it's got to sound so ridiculous. Like, their their idea of fun is different than our idea of fun. So, and and even then, like, I think I think it's reasonable to say that most people during during a hundred mile there's times that suck. Like, it's not it's not fun from start to finish. There, there are times when you question your sanity and you just think like, oh my gosh, this is the worst hobby ever. What am I doing? But um, I, I think, I think the, the pros outweigh the cons and the good experiences hopefully outweigh the bad. And so it, it keeps us coming back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, I don't know. I, I just, as I read your writing, I'm like, you cap, you just capture that so well though. Cause even, uh, recently you put your Zion 100 race report and the very, the very first picture is just, you know, uh, eight different bags of wet wipes that you <laughs> politely, I'm assuming asked your daughter to prepare for you. And, <laughs> and it's hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> And I think your book does a service to that idea because, you know, we've all read like Scott Jurek's book and, you know, the, all the ones with the elite runners. 
but then you read, you know, just your title, you know, is called Nowhere Near First. And it's Ultra Marathon Adventures from the Back of the Pack. And that's like 95% of us. It's There's the 5% of really fast runners who are really, you know, I guess I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. But the elite runners during a race, they have a different mentality throughout the race. You know, I have to imagine they're really like analytical and, you know, trying to stay on their race plan. Whereas the rest of us, you know, we we're experiencing the race just on a different level. Yeah, I, I agree. Which which is awesome, man. So thank you for for doing that. And uh, yeah, you know, it, I I mean, I gotta imagine because people listen, they're like, oh, he ran a hundred milers. He's like a great runner. But then you kind of you know do the self depreciating thing of like, nah, man, I'm nowhere <laughs> near first. <laughs> yeah, I think. It- I mean, anyone can go to my ultra sign-up page and and see that I, I, I've, I've run quite a few races and, and I've finished most of them that I've started most, not all of them, but, but I'm definitely not what I would call a good runner. Like, I, I, I finish, which, is, which I'm totally happy with, but I'm definitely not fast or necessarily talented or anything like that i think it's i think i'm mainly just stubborn so yeah that's what gets me to the finish line <laughs> the power of stubbornness for ultra marathons <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so taking back to the cruise ship 100 can you kind of like walk us through the last like i guess when did it did it ever get like really hard physically you know versus just the mental toughness yeah, um, I I really, to be honest, going into it, I think I really underestimated the difficulty of it. I thought, okay, well, yeah, of course it's going to be boring, but it, it can't be that bad. Like, I'm I'm coming I'm coming past some water food sixteen times per mile. Um, I can. Like, I'm not out in the middle of nowhere all by myself on a trail and still have hours to get to the next aid station. It wasn't like that. And so I, I kind of underestimated the difficulty of it. I thought, okay, this, this, won't, this will be hard, but not that bad. It, it was worse than I, it was harder than I expected physically and mentally. Um, physically, it, just, just being on that flat, hard surface, um, it, it made my knees and feet really sore. So I, I reached a point where my body was not feeling good. Actually, um, really early on, I would say like mile 30, I was like, uh-oh, this, I, I shouldn't be feeling this bad this early in the run. Um, I just felt really sore and sluggish. Um, and, and part of it was probably that I started running in the evening and so I I had been awake all day and then starting to run and so I was I was kind of tired like before I even started the run which is not a great way to start a hundred miler so I think I just got tired and sore really early on but for some reason I mean this this hardly ever ever happens with me but I kind of caught a good second wind and I think I ended up finishing the second half of the run. 
Yeah. So I was pretty nervous in the first, like, around mile 30. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah. Well, it's hard, too. You're doing the extra mental challenge of this not actually being a race. So it's like, hey, if I give up, if I give up at a certain point, literally nobody's going to care <laughs> except myself. Exactly. <laughs> yep. This is, this is just like a dumb, like, this means nothing. Whether, yeah. whether I finish or don't finish means nothing to anyone. So <laughs> it, it definitely is more of a mental cha- challenge when there's not that incentive to, to finish it. Yeah, definitely. And then you talked about in your article or in your uh, blog post, you talked about how ridiculously cold it actually got at night, which is kind of surprising. You know, you think cruise and you're like, oh, it's probably perfect weather. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't know if it just happens to be unusually cold when we went, but it was it was just freezing. And and I. It was so windy. A friend of mine, um, she took she took a few videos at the time I finished the run, and you can hardly hear anything that anyone's saying because it's like it's like a tornado outside. It's just so windy and it was blowing me around the track. And I don't know. It, it it was not optimal conditions for running. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you got to the end, and then your family came up, like. I'm what what does it what, describe the ending of that like you know you'd think you just ran a hundred miler like the captain's coming out and like saluting you and like you know the whole the whole cruise is out there cheering you on yeah let me tell you how that really went. <laughs> so my family came up with they came up with maybe when I was like on my last mile and it was so bitter cold outside and so windy that they they stood in this little um, doorway area by, by some stairs. <laughs> and they just watched me run around for, <laughs> for another 15 times because it was, it was so cold that they didn't want to be outside. They, they just wanted to watch me from inside. So on the last loop, they, they came out and, and handed me a belt buckle that, that we brought on the cruise with us in case I finished it so they they handed me the belt buckle and we stood out there for like a minute it was it was just me and my family and my wife and kids and then I, our, our friends came up for a second to take a video and then everyone's like okay let's let's get back inside it's freezing out here and that was it and <laughs> we went back to my room and I got ready for bed that's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Like you'd think it would be like the biggest deal ever on this cruise ship, and reality kind of like comes in. It's like, nah, we just, I just stopped running, and then you know, yep. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yep, yeah. It takes. That's, that's what I like about like I think that's I think that's really what ultras are about in in the big picture. I think I think if people are running an ultra marathon to try and get some kind of like praise and Facebook likes or, or whatever. It is, it is not worth running a hundred miles to get some Facebook likes. It, you, your purpose has to be more than that because it's, it's really a hard, a hard sport. So I, I like the, I like I like the fact that at ultra marathons, there's usually, you know, a, a couple people there, 
yeah. a big deal. So that's that's one of the things I really like about ultras. Yeah, me too. I, I it's yeah, because it's solely about you overcoming your own your own adversity. Which is awesome, man. So let's kind of get in. Can we kind of get into, you know, why why you started this this crazy, like, how'd you get into this crazy sport? Um, I know I that I, I know that hostess is involved in some <laughs> form or fashion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do have a pretty hardcore sweet tooth, and so I need to run a lot of miles to justify the the donuts and cookies <laughs> that I eat. Um, so I, I think I got into it. I just really like being out on the trails. So I had been running for a few years and ran ran some half marathons and some marathons. And, and then when I discovered trail running, I, I just fell in love with being on the trails. And um, I, I, liked, I liked being out for hours and hours on trails. And, and that's, pretty much what an ultra marathon is was just an opportunity to be out on the trails for lots and lots of hours so um yeah i, I kind of got into it that way just just a love of being outside yeah and it's such a good way to just explore yeah and you i yeah, you're in utah right utah like one of the prettiest states in the whole country i mean there's so many just such a huge variety there to explore yeah for sure yeah i live i live right i mean i can almost see zion national park from my house and so the trails around our area are just so incredibly beautiful and you know it's hard to not fall in love with being on the trails when you have yeah when you have zion in your backyard that would be kind of tough i have to imagine you have to like go around town and you're like why are you not a trail runner to people you know know. (laughs) you know that's that's a really great point so in our area the st george marathon is is huge and and there are thousands and thousands of people that run the st george marathon and and i love that race it's it's a great marathon so much if you just stick to the roads because we we really do have some of the most beautiful trails in the world and people just don't they, they truly don't know what what we're surrounded by because most of our area is is road runners which is awesome i mean whatever whatever floats your boat yeah i, I like running on the roads too but there's also another world out there Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Well, so when did you start, uh, like, were you a rider before this, or did that just come along for the ride? Um, I started riding, um, gosh, that's, you're making me think. I, I <laughs> Sorry. I started riding the blog <laughs> when, I, when I started training for my first marathon, so I, I, I started the blog kind of as a way to, to just, journal and document about my training for the for the marathon i did do some writing before that i've I've always really liked running or sorry i've always liked writing and um wrote wrote some articles and i had a column in in the newspaper for a few years and um 
so, that, so I did some writing that way, and I've always really liked the challenge of trying to grab a reader and, and kind of bring someone into a story. So um, for me, the blog was just such a perfect mesh of things I love. I, I love writing, and I love running, and I love photography. And so a blog is like putting all of those things together. And so that's, that's really what got me, got me into the whole, like that's kind of where things have branched off with the, the writing thing is the blog and then, and then the book came after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking as I was driving home today and thinking about your blog and thinking about you being a writer and I was just, you know, I was thinking to myself, if you were a like a maybe not struggling, like an aspiring writer, if you were someone who really wanted to write, doing ultra running or ultra marathons or going on these adventures is just such a perfect thing to write about because it's it's never the story of I lined up at the start line and then everything went perfect and then I finished the race. There's always all the things that go wrong in it that you (laughs) that make for the entertaining writing you know yeah i think every every trail run especially it is an adventure i mean there's always something whether it's some screw up with your gear or seeing a snake or getting scared about something or or a beautiful um overlook or whatever like every every trail run is an adventure and you can go on the same trail every single day and something new will happen so yeah. it really is like a, a great opportunity to to have some material to write about <laughs> it's, it's just so unique yeah so let me ask like in, when you're in the middle of a race and everything's going wrong and you just feel miserable is there something in the back of your mind that's like okay even though all this sucks right now, this is going to be an entertaining story for the blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do kind of think like, I, I try to go into every race with the expectation that no matter what happens, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting story. Like the good and the bad, you, you can make that into something interesting. And so, yeah, I do kind of think like even 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 when things are the worst or, or something bad happens, like I, I'm gonna try to turn this into something funny that I can look <laughs> back on and laugh. So yeah, yeah I, I do kind of think that way. Yeah, I heard somebody recently, and I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone on uh, the Ultra Runner podcast, and I can't remember who Eric was interviewing, but she said every time she lines up for a race, she's always just tells herself. She's like, what am I going to learn about myself today? <laughs> and that's how she starts it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can't script it. it I mean, you just, it, you never know standing at the starting line what what you're in for. But yeah. it's guaranteed that it's not going to go exactly like you planned. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I guess like through your ultra running, like you said, you wrote this blog, but then eventually you kind of like, transformed it into a book so can you kind of give us a description of like what what your first book was about um nowhere near first yeah 
so my friend Steve Hooper, who owns the St. George Running Center in, in St. George, Utah, he, he's a good friend of mine, and, and he was badgering me for a few years. Like, Corey, you've, you've had some cool experiences. You've had some funny things happen. You need to write a book. And, and I just thought, like, that, that seems like so much work. I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. And, and he said, well, just look at, look at your blog and you can kind of see what, what stories were interesting to people and, and just kind of build that. So I guess that, that kind of gave, gave me idea, the idea of, okay, I know, I know some things that I can use as the backbone of the book. But if you look at my blog, I mentioned one of the things I really love is photography. And so I try to tell stories with all of the pictures that I, I put into it. The pictures are such an important part of um, the race reports and the blog posts. And so to to write a book and not have not have the opportunity to use pictures to tell the story, it's like it forces you to build out the story or what you're trying trying to say. And so my first book, Nowhere Near First, was was some of the the things that have happened over the years and. And I put some stuff in the blog over the years, but the book was a way to really build on what what was from the blog. So that was kind of like the skeleton of of the book, and then I just built it from there. So it, it's stories about um, race experiences or, or funny things that have happened in training yeah. or some of the things that have motivated or inspired me over the years and um, some of the lessons that I've learned and some of the challenges that I've faced. And so it, it's kind of a, a compilation of a lot of stuff that's happened over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. The titles for some of these chapters are so funny. Like the very first one is just called at least my eyelashes didn't hurt. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's a very positive outlook. <laughs> I'm sure that most runners have been in that point where you're just really deep in the pain cave and, and your eyelashes are like the only thing that isn't hurting. Yeah, 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 totally, man. So I guess, you know, going through those stories – uh it seems more like it covers a little bit more time. And I know that recently you've been working on a book specifically about one event, uh, the Badwater, the Badwater 135, one of the more famous ultra marathons in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like, can you kind of give us a summary of, of what to expect from the book? Because I'm definitely reading it. Cause I'm a, I'm like a, an adventure book junkie at this point. Cool. <laughs> well, I can say, okay, so I, I've got this, the new one is called Into the Furnace, how a 135-mile run across Death Valley set my soul on fire. So I, I've got this one that I, I just finished. It's, it's getting ready to come out, and, um, and I think it, I'm just so, I'm, I'm so excited to put it out there because I, I think it turned out really as good as I could have ever hoped for. Um, so Badwater is this 135-mile race across Death Valley. And so the book talks about um, it talks about my story.
and like the training that I did to prepare for the race and the, the funny stuff that um, I think is unique to training for this race. And then my experience running Badwater, which was as cliche as it sounds, it, it really was a life-changing experience. But the book is about more than me. It's about um, some of the other unique um, stories and people that have come from that race and from Death Valley. And there's such a rich history with Badwater. And there are things that have happened during that race and, and people who have run that race that I just hear the stories and think that is honestly the coolest story that I've ever heard. It's just so gripping and, and captivating. And so I didn't want the book to be just me because there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so many things in the book that I just think I, I, I cannot believe this is real, that, that this really happened. I mean, for example, there's there's a guy named Badwater Ben Jones who, who was a doctor in Lone Pines, California, part of the, it's, it's along the Badwater course. He was a doctor there for decades, and and um, he actually did a, an autopsy while running Badwater. And, and um, it just kind wait, of wait, funny wait. that he... Wait, he did what? <laughs> okay, this is that is just one of like a hundred crazy things. Yeah, he um, the very first year that he ran it, he he was he's he's done thousands of autopsies over the years, but he actually did one. Uh, he he got up to Whitney Portal, which is right right at the end of the race, and um, did an autopsy, and then continued on to the top of Mount Whitney, which is the highest mountain in the continental United States. So, I mean, crazy things like doing an autopsy in the middle of a race. insane. Yeah. It's insane, yeah. And, like, one year he... he, His crew vehicle was a U-Haul, and he he brought out a big metal casket of ice that he would would lay in when he needed to cool down. He laid in a casket. So there's so many really incredible things or, or funny things that that have happened out there that it, it really is a story that I think I think will really um, appeal to people whether they are ultra runners or or maybe half a marathon or marathon runners. But I I also think there's enough amazing things in this book that it's it's going to appeal to people even if they aren't runners at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even that story right there, like that just captured my imagination so much because (laughs) that guy has to be the first person in any ultra, in any maybe athletic event. Let's just say that the first person in any athletic event of all time to do an autopsy in the middle of it. (laughs) Yeah, I I would say so. (laughs) That's also, I mean, I love the ultra runner community because of these weird, quirky stories and the mm-hmm. interesting people you meet along the way. It's just, you know, you could yeah. be in the middle of the pack, just running alongside someone, start up a conversation. And then all of a sudden they're, they're telling you about all these just really insane things that they've, they've accomplished or they've done or any mm-hmm. weird event or a weird story that happened to them in the middle of something or 
You know, it's just, I love hearing stories. You know, I love listening to people tell stories and since an ultra marathon, you're running, you can be running with someone for hours and hours. You really get to, to know them and you really get to hear all their, all their adventures. So that's awesome. You just, you described it perfectly. That is, that's so true. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd bad water go for you? Just in general. Gosh, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, I, I kind of went into it. One of the, one of the reasons that I wanted to run it is I had heard all, all the legends about it. I had heard how National Geographic Adventure described it as the toughest foot race in the world. And, and that intrigued me because I thought, well, I've done, I've done a bunch of hundred milers. I've, I've run a 150 miler. I've run a 200 miler. So I feel like I understand ultra marathons pretty well. And so is this race hyped up? Is, is this just like marketing hype? to say that it's the toughest foot race in the world because it really is hard as people make it out to be. I wanted to find out for myself. And I, I can truly say that at least from my experience with, with all the races and adventures I've been a part of, it undoubtedly is the hardest thing. I've, by far the hardest thing I've Whoa. ever been involved with. What, what, what pushes it up to that level? Um, I think there's, I think there's three things. One, the distance. I mean, 135 miles will kick your butt no matter, no matter what. I mean, there's no way around the fact that that many miles is going to be brutal. Um, plus the course you're going over three huge mountain ranges. So there's, there's tons of climbing on that 135 miles. So that's one issue. The second issue is um, sleep deprivation. So I was out, I was out running for two nights straight. Oh, okay. I mean, you're 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 going out, you're doing this straight without without stopping. And so that second night, the sleep deprivation was so intense that it was physically painful. I, I've I've never experienced something so so challenging as that sleep deprivation. And then the third thing I, I think is just the heat. I mean, um, we were at the at the pre-race meeting the night before. The meeting was at um, six o'clock p.m. and the the temperature, the thermometer outside of the the visitor center. I think we saw it up to can't remember if it was one hundred and twenty-one or one hundred and twenty-two degrees, and that was at six o'clock p.m. Oh no. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's in. Is it in July, in the hottest part of the yep, country? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dang, man. So. Valley in July. Wow. So <laughs> selfishly, I'm gonna ask you some questions about how you handled the heat because I'm doing a stage race in the desert this summer, and I am oh. a I'm a bit worried about the heat, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, like, what's some strategies that you used? Um. There, there are a few things that. I think make a big difference. One is paying close attention to your feet because when it's that hot, um, your feet can just take a beating. And it's hard because on the one hand, you're trying to keep yourself cooled off and so maybe you dump some water or something on you to 
to keep yourself cool, but if your if that goes down into your socks and shoes, that can that can cause problems and your feet sweat more when it's so hot and so that can cause blisters. Yeah. So I I think it's important to pay attention to your feet. So I always I'll I'll like pre tape my feet before a race and um if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I would definitely recommend a book called Fixing Your Feet by John Bonhoff. Okay. It's, it's an excellent book for like preparing for stuff like that. And then, um, for me, the, the two things that were so huge to help get through the heat were um, putting ice in my hat and then ice in a bandana around my neck. And so, the ice just kind of helps keep your core cool and and, and it kind of like drips down and keeps your shirt wet and and that that makes a big difference so yeah uh, that those are the big things that I did be, like during the race before the race I did a lot of sauna training and when I would go run um, I mean even in June in southern Utah it's it gets up to a hundred or 110 yeah. degrees and when it's that hot I would just put on tights and I would put on a long sleeve shirt and a sweatshirt and a jacket and a wool hat and then go out <laughs> running so I would do my training runs like that just to get yeah. used to the heat wow how did, how did that I mean did that work did you feel like that those were really good strategies yeah I, I feel like it helped a lot um, I, I think that the heat during the race it, I mean it was demolishing and and so challenging but I felt like I at least had the tools to deal with it after after doing the sauna training and, okay. and doing lots and lots of miles bundled up in clothes yeah yeah man Joe I I feel like you're the type of person that doesn't notice when people are giving him strange looks <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I got lots I mean I, I saw lots of those when I was out you know running in a wool yeah. June. But I figure like most of the people in my neighborhood they they know that I I do I do foolish things like run hundred milers and so I think that they probably look at me and just roll their eyes like ah, there there he goes again. He's, that's he's doing he's up to something crazy. That's so hilarious. I figure if, if it if it keeps me if it gets me prepared for a race, I, I don't care if people yeah. think I'm crazy. Yeah, exactly. You kind of got to be a little bit crazy to sign up and participate in Badwater. So you alluded to um, some kind of like life changing moments during the race. And, you know, I want to read the books. I don't want to like spoiler alert anything. But but can you kind of like elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think that I I felt like. I had learned so much about myself through ultra running, and I think I think running ultra marathons teaches you a lot about yourself and how how you can do hard things and how it you can you can grow through um, suffering and, and that that teaches you a lot about yourself when you when you don't give up. Yeah. When, you, when you're struggling and, and you just want to quit, but you don't, I think coming out the other side of that, you, you, you gain so much from it and, and it makes you stronger. So, Badwater was that 
definitely i mean i have to imagine anytime you do the hardest thing that you've ever done in your life it has to be a bit transform transformational for sure um yeah. how can people like i guess i see that the book's on kickstarter and i'm going to definitely back it as soon as we're done talking here but how can people find uh information about your book or like where to find it or anything like that good question so um I'm doing it on Kickstarter just for like the pre-orders just because that gives me an opportunity. Like some people want signed books or um, I got some like hats and stuff so people can get those if they want. So I think the pre-orders go for another maybe week or week and a half. And then um, I'm not sure on the exact release date yet, but it's either at the end of June or the first part of July when it will go to Amazon and Kindle and Audible, so it'll be it'll be there um, to order at that time. And <laughs> here's a funny story. I <laughs> I didn't even realize this, but okay. So the the book is called Into the Furnace, and when you put stuff on Kickstarter, you if you pre-order something, they say that you're you're backing the project. So. Um, <laughs> I found out that when you when you back this book, when you when you pre order it, you get an email that says, Congratulations, you just backed into the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's funny. <laughs> there's your there's your hint if you're an author out there, you should name whatever your book is into whatever. You just backed into yeah. the driveway or into the garage. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god that's super funny um yeah that's awesome so yeah look up into the furnace and uh real quick before i let you go uh what's up with the hostess thing and are you a little debbie person or a hostess person <laughs> um so i've always <laughs> going back to the the savage sweet tooth that i have I, i've always been a, a pretty big fan of hostess and and i i like anything hostess i like donuts and the, the twinkies and ding dongs i know i know that stuff is so bad for you <laughs> it's just like pure chemicals and and preservatives and just like there's nothing good for you in it but you know i, I figure if you're if you're out getting some good miles in your training it's okay to splurge every once in a while yeah. so uh, I, I i supplement my mostly healthy diet with some pretty unhealthy stuff like <laughs> twinkies or donuts yeah um for me i'm a i'm 
definitely a, a hostess person, but um, speaking of Little Debbie, we, we got a, a Great Dane a few years ago, and, and we thought that would be a pretty funny name for a Great Dane, so, <laughs> so that's our Great Dane's name is Little Debbie. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I was, uh, we had a meeting at school yesterday, and uh, I think we're celebrating someone or whatever, but someone brought in a whole bunch of hostess stuff. And nice. I didn't pick it up because I know what happens with me. If I, if I eat like one bite, then I'm eating like five or six different hostess items. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. But I realized too, I'm like, I was talking to someone and someone said the same thing. We're like, ah, I know it's not the best thing for me. And I was like, yeah, but for those like brief 30 seconds, the it's on your taste buds. It's the best thing uh-huh. for your taste buds of all time. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. That's true. So true. You know, uh, that's awesome, man. So thank you so much for talking today. I really I really enjoyed it, and um, I'm really looking forward to your Badwater book. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. It was, it was good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, best of luck with everything in the future, and... You know, I'll keep I'll keep up to date with your blog, which I guess I should mention, uh, fastcory.com. So I'll keep up to date, and if you do any other crazy adventures, man, I'd love to chat with you again. Okay, deal. <laughs> All right, see ya. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah. Bye. All right, super big thanks to Corey. Uh, like I said, be sure to check out his blog, fastcory.com. It'll be hours of entertainment, I promise you. Uh, all the cruise ship stuff's there. Um, recently, a Zion 100 reports there. Uh, even Badwater, he wrote a he wrote a race report, so it can kind of give you somewhat of an idea of what to expect from his book. Um, be sure to check out his other book, Nowhere Near First. And if you enjoy that, if you enjoy his writing, go on Kickstarter. You know, go on Kickstarter, pre-order his book. If you're like, hey man, I'm gonna order this book anyways. Uh, you might as well just go on there and support it. So I know me, I love adventure books. I love endurance sports books, all that stuff. You know, books where you see someone's experience and then they learned a lesson and you get to just sit there in the comfort of your own home and attempt to learn that lesson through their writing. That's what I'm planning on doing with it. So uh, I pre-ordered it. um, And as soon as I get it and read it, I will definitely... uh, give you guys an update on how I liked it and I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Cause I really, like I said, I really enjoy Corey's writing. Um, yeah, but thank you guys. Thank you for joining us for the show next week. We will be chatting. Hopefully I have a couple lined up. I have a couple in-person ones and I'm going to travel to some people's houses and, uh, chat them up. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to the next couple weeks is going to be about mindset because as I'm training for my race, uh, stage race. I am definitely going through the physical stuff, which is good. It's definitely needed, but the mindset portion, uh, is extremely powerful. And it's not one to, it's not one to kind of not consider, you know, it's one you definitely want to think about as you're going in and how can you build this incredible, unbreakable mindset? Because Going in to a lot of events, it doesn't even matter what it is. You know there are going to be moments that suck and moments that test you and moments that you have to push through. And 
that's when the mindset can kick in. So anyways, I'm excited to share the next few conversations because because I think the guests are just absolutely super inspiring people. So anyways, come back for those. That would rock. Uh, Hope you guys have a good week and we'll get back at you next week. See ya.